and Catter women, welcome back to the Catter Nation. And for those of you who are new, welcome to the CatterCast. This is where I, the Catterman, let you into my fishy world, as well as introduce you to fellow content creators from all across the globe. Now, is this show focused on fishing? You can bet your whiskers that it is, and we're going to keep it interesting from start to finish. Now, while you're at it, also make sure to follow me here on Anchor.fm or on any other featured sites such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Beaker, and you know, the list goes on. If that's where you're listening to me right now from, just follow me there. Definitely means a lot to me. I thank you also for lending me your ear prior to this awesome weekend, and I look forward to having you guys back again. Now, I do want to add that if you have a question or a comment in mind, feel free to send it my way at catterman.adventures at gmail.com, and you're going to have a chance at getting potentially featured in a future episode. So that email is also going to be linked in this episode's description in case you missed that. And again, just hit me up right there. Okay, now, aside from all that, you guys are probably wondering, what are we going to be covering today? You saw the title, you get it, right? We're going to be talking about the changing temperatures going to the fall now, because we know temps are going below 60 in most parts of the country. So that also includes cold water kayak fishing. So I kind of want to go over with you guys what I usually, or should I say, how I approach cold water kayak fishing what kind of gear I use to prepare for the cold water, what kind of situations I'll put myself into, and which situations I would put myself into in the warm times of the year, but I will not do around this time of the year, okay? We're also gonna talk about why I think kayak fishing is still on the brink of becoming something gigantic. And I'm gonna review my last blue cat fishing trip with you, which was, uh, it was kind of interesting, okay? You kind of feel that note? All right, so without further ado, let's get right into the juice. All right, so we know we're getting frost in the mornings now, It's getting colder, we have less sunlight, so there's a couple of things we need to think about, okay? I personally love kayak fishing around this time of the year because there's not a lot of boaters on the water, and the fact is you can often pinpoint the fish a lot easier in colder water than you could in warmer water. What I mean by that is a lot of these fish, okay, in the warmer times of the year, they have a higher metabolism, they're going to move all around to feed. In the colder water, they're only gonna have little windows where they really get a little warmed up to feed. They're gonna try to often stick deeper. This is especially true with catfish and mainly channel catfish and blue catfish. So the the thing with that is you can use smaller baits, which makes it easier for you to bring them, you know, along on the kayak, not have as much bait, okay? But also the fish are not gonna thrash around as much, which kind of makes it easy also to handle them when you bring them onto your kayak. Now. There's, there's two things really that I think you have to have in cold water. And what I mean by cold water is water temperatures that are below 62 degrees. Now, from what I understand and what I've been taught, the usual magic formula is water and air temperature need to be combined 130 degrees plus so you don't get hypothermia. But, you know, there's also extremes. Like you're not going to have somebody who says, oh, it's a 100 degree day and it, the water's 30 degrees and I'm going to make it, right? No, you're going to croak, dude. You're going to disappear. You're going to slowly drift under like the Titanic, like Leonardo, and that's going to be it, you know, except you're not going to have a nice looking damsel in distress who's going to try to at least pull you onto the plank and then push you off. Okay. It's just going to be you looking at your cock like, damn, you polyurethane, baby. You got to let me go. And that's it. So without further ado, life vest, life vest, the number one thing. Okay. If you can get yourself a good life vest, get yourself a life vest. Stay away from those freaking inflatable life vests, okay? I hear too often about people having issues with those. Pulling on it just to test it, it doesn't work, okay? When that moment comes when you do go overboard and you need that life vest, especially in colder water, and it fails you, that's it, okay? 
no one's going to be able to, to save you, okay? It's not that uncomfortable to just wear a real life vest and deal with it all day, okay? So get over it, get yourself a real life vest, and get out on their water when you can, okay? I personally love my Onyx fishing life vest. Onyx makes great life vests. I've had it for three or four years now. Heavy use. It's gotten everything from blood to fish guts to fish slime all over it. It's been in the sun. It's had sunscreen all over it too. It's been baked in the sun to dry for a couple of days. The material still hasn't ripped and I think it's a great life vest. Okay. All right. So number one life vest, most important thing. Okay. Second of all, a wetsuit or a dry suit. Okay. And none of that semi dry suit. Okay. Semi dry suits don't really exist. Okay. If you look at actually people who work in the scuba industry or in the diving industry, they'll tell you it's either a dry suit or it's a wetsuit. All the semi suit stuff is BS. So I personally like wetsuits because they're cheaper. Okay. They're a lot cheaper to work with. So for me personally, I have a seven millimeter wetsuit that has a sleeveless top. So it straps over my shoulders, leaves my, my, uh, my throat exposed, kind of leaves my shoulders exposed. And of course my arms, right? Then I wear a five millimeter vest that goes over that. That's just a top vest. Okay. That covers now up to my, my neck also covers my arms fully. And then I put on three millimeter socks. Okay. Because the, the original big seven millimeter vest doesn't go all the way down to my feet. Okay. It exposes them. I put three millimeter wetsuit socks or should I say neoprene socks on. And then I put an additional three millimeter wetsuit shoes or should I, we call them scuba booties for men. Okay. On. And so that gives me at least six millimeters of coverage. My arms get five millimeters up to my chest where we technically have like a combined whew, 12 millimeters of neoprene. And the rule of thumb in cold water is Water below 60 degrees, you're going to want at least four millimeters of neoprene and your wetsuit and your arms can have three and your legs and feet can have three. Okay. So your core wants four below 55. You really want five, four, and then at your extremities, maybe three millimeters. Okay. So this is kind of a buying guide. And if you're going below 55, it's going to get really cold. Listen, six or seven millimeters for your core, six or five millimeters on the outside. That's really it. And water below 40 degrees, you need seven or eight millimeters minimum everywhere. Okay. Extremely careful about that. Okay. So I, again, I said, I have six usually down on my feet. I have seven on the legs. I have technically about 12 on the core. And then I have about five on the arms. Okay. And sometimes I wear these little scuba diving gloves too, but so that's what you really need. Okay. So you got those two, right? Also in cold water, you're going to be a little bit more lethargic. I highly recommend that you have, this is not something physical, but getting in and out of your kayak experience. So you need to understand how to flip your kayak, get back in it. You need to have that knowledge on what it feels like to do that. And this is training you should really already have prepared for yourself in the warmer times of the year. If not, I'd say go out there with your wetsuit, flip it on colder water, have towels and everything ready in the car so you're prepared. So you really feel what it feels like to take that dunk. Okay, you have to be extra prepared here. You have to do this because you never know. It's not about whether you're going to ever flip. It's about when, okay? And that's the way I approach this all the time. I've never flipped in my kayak unless it comes to taking out shark baits, okay? But let's say when we go in the ocean for striped bass here on the East Coast or bluefish, listen, like these roller waves, they'll flip you in a heartbeat when you're trying to take out from a beach if you're not careful. And actually, instead of flipping on the way out, 
most people actually flip on the way in because when they're trying to ride the wave in, it just turns them and flips them. So, you know, there's that. Also, you're gonna to wanna to secure everything well. And if you have a fish finder, you really wanna make sure your batteries are charged on that yak too, so that you're not gonna run into a situation where the cold zaps the power out of your battery. Lithium batteries, especially from Dakota, have become a great, great, great alternative to lead batteries, which are heavier and carry less power. And they're much lighter. Of course, they're a little more expensive, but they seem to work really well in the cold too. So there you have it, you know, those are some things. Also, you know, if you're fishing on rivers, you're gonna want an anchor trolley attached to your kayak. You're definitely going to want, uh, I guess, some gloves because when you're handling that kayak in the cold weather and the water and up and down from the car to the ramp, all that stuff, you're gonna wanna have some warm hands, let me tell you. Going along with that too, there's another thing that a lot of people don't mention. Have a game plan, okay? Know where you're going, know what you're capable of. Because as the days get colder and windier and we get that wind chill effect too, you're really going to have to amount, or should I say account, for how far you can go without testing your limits, as well as making sure you stay hydrated, and also making sure you bring some snacks along, like trail mix. Always a great idea, okay? Always bring that snack along and bring plenty of water to stay hydrated. Now, let's say if you were to take a dunk in the cold water, one thing I've always learned and I've been told as well from people who are more experienced than even I am is... Know that you should keep your breath stable at all times, okay? First focus on exactly what happened is you're looking at your kayak upside down and you're there floating next to it or swimming next to it, okay? Steady breathing, keep it controlled. And with that knowledge, then remember how to get back into your craft since you have that experience, okay? And also when I say having a game plan, I also mean let your loved ones or those close to you at least know where you're at, okay? Even as simple as going on Google Maps because you have your phone on you constantly and just sending an email to somebody, letting them know for the next 24 hours to 36 hours, okay? Even if your trip ends in five hours, just in case you never know what might happen for the next 24 to 36 hours, okay? Let them be able to access your location at any time, okay? That's a big step forward. So now people will know where you're at. You have all your bases covered. Now you can go out, enjoy yourself, go hunt down those fish, and have a blast because I'll tell you what, one thing I'm looking forward to this year is cold water kayak catfishing with my boy, the Baltimore Angler. If you guys haven't checked him out on YouTube, I highly recommend you check him out there at The Baltimore Angler. He's a great guy. He's one of my buddies. We've become really close over time. He makes great videos. And yeah, I just look forward to putting him on some cold water cats. And you guys are going to see that on the YouTube channel too. So make sure you keep an eye out for that in the upcoming months, probably next month. If you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, well, right now is the time, guys. Okay, just popped a new video up today, actually, fishing in Philadelphia, raiding Extreme Philly Fishing's home for some bait fish and catching some potential kitties, uh, Mr. Whiskers, should we say. So uh, you can find that video over at The Fishing Adventures of Catterman. That's my YouTube channel. Make sure you sub. So yeah, so aside from all that, now you know you got a game plan. We're good with the cold water kayak fishing. Okay, you got your tips. I feel like I've given you the tools that you need right here. Now, I told you guys earlier where we're gonna talk about why I think catfishing is, or should I say, whoa, why I think kayak fishing is still on the brink of becoming something big, okay? And that's because there are still several people out there who are very worried about getting in a kayak, especially bigger boys, you know, like Chunky Cats Fishing on YouTube who does awesome catfishing live streams. Even my boy Brandon, the TBA was like that, you know, for a while. 
And we talked about this. So there are still a lot of people who are unsure. They're not aware of the changes we've had in technology. And all I can tell you is as long as you're getting an American-made kayak or a European-made kayak, you're all set, okay? All these Chinese kayaks out there, okay, all these... These cheap, high-density polyethylene, which are really low-density polyethylene kayaks, being sent from Alibaba and AliExpress and all this stuff over here by freight, you can't trust those, okay? You, you just don't have the research and development behind them to be able to trust them, okay? Now, from American companies like Old Town, you know, you've got Hobie, you've got Native, you know, these companies... They, they are fantastic, you know, they, they make very stable crafts that can carry people from all different sizes. Now, once we get over that hurdle, once we can address that, we can really make sure that basically everyone realizes they can get into a kayak, they can enjoy themselves and have a blast out there in the water. That's, I think, where we're going to see the next push in kayaking. But if you look at the marketing data in the last couple of years, a lot of you already will know this, but kayak fishing or should I say kayak sales and interest in kayaking is one of the biggest booming businesses right now. And especially with the coronavirus pandemic that we've been going through, it's become even bigger, okay? At the beginning of the summer, you couldn't find a place that had kayaks left, okay? It was like, a, it was crazy. It was like a wild storm. I got offers for my kayak online when I let people know that I was one of the few people who had an Old Town Salty Pedal Drive here of like more than what I paid for the kayak, Okay. And of course I denied it. I love this kayak and I was like so happy to have it. And I still am, you know, but so they just went to show like how easy it was, you know, just for that business to boom. And with social distancing, people didn't want to get on boats, you know, with each other. They wanted to be out doing their own thing. And that's also one thing that I love about kayak fishing, that we can all kind of do our own thing as we're all out there together as a group. So also on that, on that topic, if you're interested in wanting to get into kayak catfishing, you want somebody to guide you and take you on a tour. If you're ever coming down to Washington, D.C., remember that my website is caterman.adventures.com. And if by the time you're listening right now, you see a link on where to book an appointment and a guided trip and a phone call, then it's already up and running. If not yet, well, then it's a little too early. The website is still being built and all that stuff, and we're still in the upcoming process. But again, if you do want that for an affordable rate, especially for up to three, four people, I'm going to be your guy in the future. I'm telling you, I'm going to put you on the fish and you're going to have an experience and an adventure of a lifetime. So yeah, I think once again, once we get those big boys, big people really into kayak fishing, that's when you're going to see an even bigger explosion. But it's a great market right now to get into. Wow, can you believe that we are almost done with this week's edition of the Cattlecast? I know it's terrible. I'm going to miss you guys too. Those of you who've been listening, by the way, guys, thank you for the bottom of my heart for getting us to almost 500 listens now, okay? We're at 340 as of this moment, which is pretty freaking awesome. I never thought we would get that many people to listen in. We have an active audience of over 12 people that is a week. That is already freaking great. So again, thank you so much. You know, and if you want to help out, you could always also share this with other people who might be interested in catfishing and fishing podcasts and, you know, all that good stuff. I really want to next week or next next week have somebody on that a lot of you who follow me on YouTube would know. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. And there's a lot more adventures to come. So last month, I took a catfishing trip to Washington, D.C. I've hinted at it in a couple of different platforms talking about it. it was a very interesting trip. 
because it was okay. I every time I make a trip down to Washington DC, especially a three or four day trip, so like a long time trip, I always end up catching at least a 40 or, or almost 50 pound blue catfish. This fall was very different, okay? I came down with that expectation of trying to catch a big fish, okay? And I went and I first pursued a couple of flats. Now, the weather conditions were awesome as it seemed, okay? I looked at the weather, I'm like, wow, it's gonna be in the 70s, like high 70s in freaking October slash November, I should be able to slam fish right now, right? It's coming from a cold front going to a hot front. I arrive, I start throwing baits in. I have to wait two hours for the first bite. I get like an eight pound blue cat. Then I have to wait another hour, you know, and I caught all these fish really close to shore. And I was like scratching my head. I'm like, the shore is actually deeper in the spot I'm fishing at, not out on the flat, but I'm not getting any big fish, okay? My first night ended on me catching about like a 14 pound blue cat and uh, a couple of smaller dings below 10 pounds. I got about five fish within like a six hour fishing trip. And by the time like two in the morning came around, I was like, I'm tired. I'm too old to be staying up all night. You know, I got other stuff I got to do. So I wrapped it up, headed home, should I say to my Airbnb. And let me tell you what, that Airbnb was in a sketchy, sketchy, sketchy area. So I got in there. I closed the door. I was like, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll wake up when the cats and dogs have gone to sleep and are done playing overnight. And um, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to try it again. So I went out, you know, different different kind of thought process now. I'm like, you know what? Now with the certain flats area doesn't work, I'm going to try the flat for maybe an hour or two just to see if something changed overnight, okay, with these warming up temperatures. And then I'm going to go to a deeper hole. So the flat produced nothing during the day. When last year around the same time of the year when it was a little colder, I was killing slaying fish there all day with a couple of buddies of mine. Now nothing. Silence. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to a deep hole. I'm going to try it right there, right in front of some structure. I got one fish in four hours. I left again. I went to another deep hole. I got one fish, okay, in a couple of hours. I'm like, this is weird. Like, and at this point, I'm freaking out. I'm like, you know what? The Potomac is, is screwed. Like, the commercial guys are taking all the fish. The Pay Lakers have found out about the Potomac and have been lawfully allowed to put their freaking seine nets in or, or you know, their, their freaking their cage nets, which they put on the bottom and fill up with, with catfish. I'm like, this is done. The river's done. It's over. Alert, alert. And uh, with that mindset, I was freaking out, you know, took a little break, decided to try it again. I got together with my buddy, the Metropolitan Angler. Devin, you know, if you guys don't follow him on YouTube and Instagram, he's a local in DC in the DMV area, makes good videos, has a good time, and knows a crap ton about catching crappie, smallmouth bass, walleye, striped bass, snakeheads, like this guy is the whiz, okay? And so we went to one of our spots that we first fished when I first got to know him and we became friends. And that was, you know, really close to the Watergate Motel and a deeper hole in the Potomac, just to give it a shot. We caught sunfish and white perch all night right off of the wall, but we couldn't connect with a big catfish. And he was so weirded out too. Now, here's the thing, okay? Devin let me in on the fact that he caught a bunch of big catfish the day beforehand close by at a tributary of the Potomac. I'm like, dude, there's no way. I was like, so you know, all right, cool. I'm going to check that out tomorrow. I'll be there. I'll see you there, okay? So now we're going to roll forward. Made myself some dinner that night. Hung out, relaxed, got some good sleep. 
morning comes. Get everything ready, packed, get my nice coffee going, get ready, get freshened up, and um, make a trip to this tributary. I go to the same spot that Devin caught a almost 30-pounder, a bunch of 20s, and high 10s, throw out some fresh bait. I get a couple of small nibbles. I sit there waiting for him for five hours, okay? He doesn't end up making it. He goes somewhere else. Either way, I catch one small fish, and that's it. And again, this is this day was the hottest. It was 78 degrees out, okay? The water was maybe in like the mid-50s, going up towards the 60s. It's been rising. Nothing. So I was super confused, okay? So I, for the first time, I didn't have a lot of luck, and I thought it was really interesting. It's not bad, you know? That happens to all of us we learn from, but it was kind of cool. I was kind of actually weirdly happy to not do that well because it gives me a goal of improving, and becoming better at the sport, you know, and 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 always being open-minded. So when the conclusion of the trip came down, I hadn't gotten a fish over 16 pounds in four days. I tried the tidal basin too, which has a lot of fish in the fall usually, and it's a good spot to just bring people and have a good time. And um, yeah, again, nothing over 16 pounds. But now a couple of weeks later, guys, we're here almost in December now. And everyone's slaying it down the Potomac. Big fish are being caught left and right as the water got colder. And I am ec so ecstatic that the river is still doing well. There are still big fish to be caught and that I was wrong. And so with that being said, you can only imagine what clients are going to experience down the road when I'm able to move down there, which is a future mission. But yeah, so you know what? When the going gets tough, you got to keep going. And oftentimes the saying also goes, elephants eat peanuts. So maybe I should have tried smaller baits because I was throwing bigger baits. But you know what? At the end of the day, it was a good trip. I'm glad I spent time with everybody. I spent time with down there. And you know what? Maybe you guys can learn something from it. I had fresh gizzard chat and white perch. Couldn't connect. But you know what? The grind keeps on going. We keep on going. And cattermen and catterwomen, on that note, that's it for this week. So without further ado, if you guys want to follow me on my other social media platforms, I highly recommend following me on Instagram at either my fishing personal Instagram, which is the underscore Catterman, or if you want to know more about the podcast, see some segments, some fun stuff, it's the Cattercast on Instagram. And again, if you haven't followed this podcast yet, wherever you're listening, make sure you follow me. All right, Catterman, Catterwomen. On that note, I am out. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Go catch some giant fish. And again, if you want to make a comment, send me some feedback, get a question answered in regards to gear or fishing techniques, anything of that sorts, you know where to reach me. You know where to reach your boy? Caterman.adventures at gmail.com. All right, Caterman, Caterwomen, members of the Catter Nation, I will see you guys next week. Caterman out. Eh, eh, eh.